Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Tanya. Tanya Carter is an author, speaker, podcast host. What's the name of your podcast? The Reinvent You Podcast. The Reinvent You Podcast. So if anybody's Uh listening, they listen to podcasts, so they should go check out your podcast. Um, She is a relationship coach who helps women manage relationships in life, work, and business. One of her specialties is helping women navigate through the process of uncoupling by providing support, advice, resources, and tools that will help mitigate interruptions in their business, work, performance, and household obligations. I'm telling you right now, household obligations are overwhelming me. (laughs) I'm telling you, they are. (laughs) Uh, She's a graduate of DeVry University and Central Michigan University and resides with her two children in, in Atlanta, Georgia. And we were just talking about this because uh, we are recording this in May. Uh, and things in the United States are starting to open up a little bit in this pandemic. And uh, where I live in Connecticut is handling it a lot different than where she lives in Georgia. <laughs> oh, different. Totally oh, different. Different. Yeah. So we were talking about that right before we hopped on. So if anybody's listening and they're like, why are you, you know, mentioning this or mentioning that? It's because we are still in the midst of everything. It's just like, it's so crazy right now because you just don't know what to make of it. And, and everybody has their own opinion. And some people aren't very nice about it. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I've had to unfollow and unfriend so many people. <laughs> wow. I just can't. Like I, would, I had to unfriend a couple people because I unfollowed them. But they were following my posts, and then they would hop under and say some of the most stupid shit ever. And I'm like, yeah. I can't with you right now. Like, you know, I one of those people that if I don't agree, I, I'm just gonna keep scrolling. And then that's me too. I don't, yeah. I don't feel the need to always clap back. You know, it's just we all have our difference of opinions. We can respect each other's opinions. You know, we can agree to disagree, but yeah. That's how I am. But some of these people just don't feel that way. And and their opinions and the things they say aren't even factual. (laughs) Not their opinions, but the things they say aren't factual and they're arguing with you with fake news. And I'm just like, I can't with you right now. Like I can, if we have a different opinion, and you're coming from an educated place um, with factual, like actual facts. I can deal with that. Like if you're coming from an educated p- place, but if you're just going to spew some fake news and some random bullshit, I'm like, mm, no, that's a hard just to job. be right. Yeah. Just to be right. Just to be right. Mm-hmm. So we're not here to talk about the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> we are here to talk about your story. So when you applied, you said you wanted to talk about divorce. So tell us a little bit about your marriage and how it came to an end. I'm a child divorced. Um, my parents divorced did not end well. I will tell you that right now. Um, they used, you know, us children as like 
pawns and ammunition against each other and they would bash one parent to us and I was 13 I knew way more about who did what with who and everything than I should have known at that age uh so now looking back I'm like y'all didn't y'all did not know this is no <laughs> bad yeah. bad um so yeah. Just wanted to put that out there that I am yeah. a child of divorce. So I definitely, I don't understand from a perspective of somebody going through it, but I do understand a perspective of a child who. Oh yeah. It's a big impact on, it's a big impact on children. Yeah. Um, well, first, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Um, I've actually just a little bit about my story. Uh, I, I did get married um, at the age of 22. Um fresh out of college, I had my son, and um, we were together for a few years. Um, he wasn't someone that I just met overnight. He was someone that I knew for a while, and uh, we got married, and um, let's just say that um, I'm not the one to say, oh, he did everything wrong. I think it was something that we both um, played a part in. I will say that um, Divorce is only part of the problem, mm -hmm. or I would say part of the solution, I would say, because I do believe in some cases divorce is needed, yeah. but I do believe how you allow it to affect you is more important. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of piggybacking off you said about, about you, you say, you know, my parents, you know, they probably disclosed too much information at the age that you were. And I think a lot of that had to do with them not dealing with their stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, divorce is very similar to losing a loved one. We all lost a loved one and we know how that feels. And so getting over it is never the solution. It's getting through it. And when I look back on my story, I realized that I didn't divorce the story. I did divorce the person. And so I talk about that part, which I didn't do. I realized that after my divorce, I was very hurt. I was pissed. Um, I was angry. Like, seriously, I mean, I was very petty. Like, I'm just going to be straight up about it. Like, I think we want to be civil. We want to be strong. We want to act like it doesn't bother us. But the reality is that it does. Um, and I was angry for a lot of reasons because I'm a winner. I'm a person of this supposed to work. Like, I married you. Um, you ain't going nowhere. We're going to make it work. And when it didn't work, I felt like a failure. Hmm. You know, and so, and it also made me believe that I wasn't enough. And I felt like, I felt a lot of guilt because now my kids are not in a two-parent home. Yeah. Um, I felt embarrassed um, just because he, you know, he got married really quickly um, and married someone that I knew actually. So there was a lot of shame with that. Hmm. And um, I decided back in 2015, like, I didn't like my direction. Like, I allowed that to make me be someone I wasn't. You know, kept dealing with men who really weren't good for me. Mm. I settled a lot. Um, and not just relationships. I settled financially because I lost the job. When him and I separated, I lost my job two weeks later, back oh. in 08 with the recession. So I lost five jobs in four years. And that was a lot of financial stress. And I created a settling culture believing that I can only have this or I can only have that. And I got tired of that because I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. And so that's when in 2015, I decided that, you know what, I need to go on a path of healing because there's something going on with me that isn't right. If I'm seeing the same things keep showing up in my life, 
that's my responsibility. That's not his. And be for a long time, I used to always blame him <laughs> for everything because it felt good. Like, oh, it's your fault. If you did this, my life would be better. And so I had to get out of that and I had to just take full responsibility so I can be a better woman and an awesome mother because how you are as an individual has a lot of influence on how you are as a parent. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we have to look at our life and say, what's the common denominator here? <laughs> yes, and I, I had to, I had to woman up. I mean, it wasn't easy because, but I had to, I had to, I was seeing the same thing every year. I was stuck in my story for half of the decade. Yeah. And that's a long time to be stuck. Yeah, I know. I've been there. Yeah, I had to get out of, I had to really get out of my own way. I was just my own worst critic. It got to the point where it wasn't no one else. It it never was. It was me. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that you think people haven't gone through a divorce that you think people should do before they decide that divorce? Because I agree with you. I mean, I'm not one of those people that is like, divorce is never an option. Like, it is definitely sometimes a very necessary thing. Like, my parents were very toxic to each other. Like, I, I wish I could say they're better people now. They're not. But <laughs> they, at least they weren't good for each other. And, and that was very obvious. Unfortunately, they couldn't go about it in an adult manner. Um, but I feel like there are things that people should try to do before it comes to that and haven't gone through that. Or what are some things that you think somebody, some people should try before they decide that divorce? Oh, yes. And that's a good question because I actually um, counsel couples in communication mm -hmm. because of what went wrong in my marriage. But one of the biggest things that people need to do is get their pride out the way. Mm. Because when you are married, you have to be humble. You have to really not have an ego. You have to know what your goal is. Like one thing that I realized is that you don't just get married and just live happily ever after. That's cute nice. in movies. It's cute in Disney movies. But let's just be real. Life happens. I mean, um, just with everything that's been going on in the world, these are the type of things that test the strength of your relationships. Mm -hmm. It's not the pretty stuff. It's the stuff that really happens, job losses, sickness. And those are real vows. And people don't sometimes understand the, the depth of those vows until something happens. And so I think one of the first things is to remove your ego, remove your pride. Know that the goal of the marriage is to win together. Knowing that you're on the same team. That is the most important thing and understanding when it's time to have to get help and have the uncomfortable conversations, no matter how much it stretches you. Mm. Don't run away from them. That's what's going to build the intimacy to say, you know what, this is a problem for me. Um, as a coach who works with women who goes through this stuff, one of the biggest things that many women don't or struggle with is telling someone how they really feel without believing this person is going to walk away. Like you saw the issue way before it got out of hand, but you decided to wait. And what happens is when you do that, it just gets worse. It doesn't get better. You may not talk about it anymore, but it is always in the back of your head. So know when to have those uncomfortable conversations and make a rule like, we're going to talk about this no matter how much this is going to challenge us, but we are going to have this talk because that's what creates the connection. That's what builds the strong foundation. 
And if you can't do it on your own, then bring someone in who can help mediate the way you guys need to communicate. Yeah. So that's a, that's a couple of them. I can go on and on about that because I learned so I learned so much from my marriage right. um, that I don't want people to go through if they don't have to. You know what I'm saying? Because that's not always the choice. You know, there t- there are plenty of times you can get through it, but if you don't tackle the problems up front, it just gets worse over time. Right. And for me. Um, I've been married nine and a half years by the time people have heard this. And for me in the beginning, divorce was the thing. I was like, if this doesn't work out, we're just getting divorced. Where my husband was more of the person of like, that will be the last resort. So when, for, for, for me, when I was like done and I was over, he was like the rock that was like, "Mm, no, this isn't done lady. Like, (laughs) let's work on this. That's good. And it has been hard because, um, like you were talking about putting your ego aside, we also have to heal as individuals in order to come together as a couple. Uh, because if you, you're bringing baggage along with you from you know previous experiences, that's gonna play off. And I did that, like I've been in therapy for seven years now. Um, and I brought that in. Luckily again, he's the rock who like, I would push and push and push and he'd be like, mm we're good. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. And that's, and that's a, and that's really good. And that's definitely a, a, a good point that you made because we do bring in, you know, situations, our past experiences shape us. Like when you said, I came from, you know, a divorce home. Um, and this isn't no disrespect to your parents or anything, oh, no. but what happens is when the parents doesn't do their inner work Mm -hmm. it just spills over into the child and even though we we may buy them things we may show up for games it doesn't mean that you are an awful parent but we have to understand before we're parents we're humans we're people we go through stuff you know what I'm saying and it's okay to know that you're not okay and seek the help that you need and I think divorce comes with a lot of shame and people think that once you're done with the person that you don't have any residue behind it and Mm -hmm. so we pretend and we mask and we act like everything's all right when it's like nah this is a serious interruption in your life you just you you gotta grieve the loss of this relationship I don't care if you want to be with them anymore I didn't want to be with my husband anymore my ex I didn't want to be with him anymore I knew that this was the best option but it didn't mean it didn't hurt Right. So we have to know the difference between the two and say, you know what, let me process this because I got to move on. My kids are seeing everything. I don't need to be passing on messages through my kids. That's not healthy. And what ends up happening is that you have a foundation now on how to deal with relationships, even if it wasn't the most healthiest way of doing it. Right. No, I, I, I don't have a relationship with either one of my parents for you and for anybody listening because okay. they never healed as people ever. So they had a lot of issues they brought into their marriage, had a lot of issues from their marriage and continued with those issues and have never healed, which of course, like you said, as a child, like they push those things onto me and yeah. we can heal as individuals. But if other people don't heal, you can't have that relationship. It's just toxic. You know, when you're you like, gotta have a boundary, right? If I'm a fully, I'm not fully healed, but I'm a pretty, I'm not fully healed, but I'm a lot healed person. Back to what I was saying. Um, 
I can be healed, like healed and be healing as a person. But if the person I'm in a relationship with, not, not my, so much my marriage, it can be friendships. It can be par parental relationships, uh, familial relationships. If they're not healing that, that toxic relationship is just going to continue, right? Like right. if you as a person did not heal, um, from the things you've been through, then you just keep putting that on your kids and the relationship wouldn't be good. I mean, cause I always say this for people who, um, my oldest two children um, are not my husband's biological children. And I wasn't married to their fathers, but um, I've come to realize that that is their other parents. And if I am talking trash, I am being rude, I'm whatever, that, that reflects poorly to my children. They're like, well, what's wrong with me? That's my dad, you know? So we before I started healing myself, I would do that. I would, I would talk trash. They were too young to really understand, but I wouldn't try to work things out because like I had all this anger and all this stuff. So just back to what you were saying, it does, it affects the children if we don't do the work ourselves. Yeah. And also even in a married home that's unhealthy, it still mm. affects the kids. So I yep. think it's just some more about, um, and that's important to know because um, some of the clients that I have come from married homes um, where they saw things too and were exposed to things and that has been their foundation. So it, 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 it can just go so many ways. And I think it just boils down to what you said, just doing your own inner work. Um, the fact that you met him, your husband now, and he was willing to say, you know what, I'm not going nowhere. I don't care what you do. I'm here to stay. And that's loyalty. And it, and it allows you to realize, man, he loves me for who I am. He's not trying to change me, but you knew that I got to get me right mm -hmm. for myself. And, and it, and then that, that just changes the whole dynamic of not only your relationship with your husband, but with your kids and even most importantly, the one you have with you. Right. And now I want to, I want you to give some advice to people who are going through a divorce because we, we've already mentioned some, sometimes that is the only option. Um, when two people are not good for each other, it, sometimes it doesn't matter what kind of work you do. It's just not going to work out. My ex, mm -hmm. my middle daughter's father, um, we had a very toxic relationship. Um, it was an abusive relationship. He was drinking and doing drugs and, Wow. But it, it didn't work out with me, but it's now he's gotten sober and it worked out with his wife because they're not toxic for each other. They're working really well. And in the beginning, it, it hurt because I was like, well, why didn't it work with me? Um, why is it working with her? Why did he get sober for her? But um, now mm -hmm. that I have done my work, I realize like we just weren't good for each other, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they are good for each other. And, and I think a lot of times um, in a relationship, whether you're married or not, you have to realize that we're just not good for each other. So when yeah. people are going through a divorce, what would be your advice for them? Um, the first thing I will, I always tell people is to give yourself permission to grieve. Um, that is very important. Um, as I mentioned earlier, um, divorce is actually the second top stressor in the world. Death is number one. So walking away again, we know that might be the best solution depending upon people's situations. However, if you're going to do it, you need to be strategic and you need to plan successfully. Because it's, it's an interruption in your life and we can't ignore that. Um, so in other words, we don't need to pretend that we're okay. I get that a lot. 
you know, um, because again, when we are trying to deal with things, we're, we're talking to the wrong people. Um, so in talking to those wrong people, we, we do a lot of acting. And so you don't have to put up a front. You don't have to act like you're okay. Um, and when you can acknowledge that you're okay, it builds an emotional intelligence. That's more important than anything. A lot of us lack um, knowing how to deal with our emotions a lot. And so because of that, it, it, we take it out on other people. We take it out on our children. We just, we just take it out on everybody. Um, so that's the first thing I think people need to do. Um, and the second thing I think people need to do is get some real help. Mm. Um, I just do. I'm an advocate for help Same. because we sleep on that a lot. And I would say for me personally, I'm a very resilient, strong woman. I have a, I have a strong woman syndrome. I was taught that you're strong. You can get through it. Being a, a black female, you're strong. You got it. And what happens is you wear this mask to really think that you can do it all. You don't ask for help. You tell people you don't need anything, but you're suffering. You know what I'm saying? And what ends up happening is that your body starts to respond to that. Mm -hmm. And so I started having panic attacks. I started having migraines. I started, my body was like, you, you're stressing me out. <laughs> I mean, for real, like if my body could talk, it would say, you're stressing me out. And I, I used to work out all the time. I used to be 240 pounds and I lost 80 pounds, wow. but I still didn't deal with my stuff. Like, I don't care what you do. You can get another relationship. You can make all the money in the world. You know, you, if you still don't deal with your stuff, it's going to come with you in all areas of your life, mm -hmm. in every season of your life. You can't hide it. You can't run from it. You have to face it. You have to run to it, not run from it. And so if you got to get some real help, whether that be a therapist, I'm an advocate for therapy. Mm -hmm. And I do highly recommend a coach, a good coach that's going to hold you accountable to what you say you're going to do and give you the how on how to get there because we suffer in silence too much. We do. Yeah. And this is why I think a lot of us are hurt because we, we, we don't want to humble ourselves and say, you know what, I need to get some help. Like I, I really don't got this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I would say, and don't give it time. Right. You know, people say, girl, give it time. So when I say don't give it time, yes, you need time. But if all we're doing is giving things time and we don't put no action behind that time, you're going to still be stuck in your story. Again, I was stuck for half of the decade. Why? Because I was giving it time. Because I was so strong, I thought I was gonna, it was going to eventually just pass. No, time plus action equals healing. So you have to have some action behind that. Okay, you can't just give it time. Don't wait till the next year. Don't wait till your birthday. Don't wait to you meet the love, someone that you want to be with, mm -hmm. do your work and yeah. be intentional about it. And so, and, and make yourself be selfish to make yourself the priority. I just see it so much. It's just, you know, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, get, I get it. I'm a huge mm -hmm. mental health advocate. I mean, I have my own mental health problems and I, when it comes to people, I was, I was brought up. We don't talk about that. People who went and got help, they were crazy. It was people right. who went and got help. They ended up in the loony bin. Like these are the kind of like messages I got growing up. Both of my parents have briefly tried therapy and decided, nah. And and it's 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 not. It didn't help me. And I'm like, you tried it for like two months, and you're gonna try and tell me I'm yeah. in therapy for seven years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta think we we're undoing or unlearning everything we've been taught from that we've never healed from those inner child wounds. Though the stigma that we have about certain things, like you said, when I thought of mental health, I thought people were crazy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not crazy. 
But then again, lack of education, I didn't really understand it. And so I had to understand what that meant. And we all, our mental health is all impacted by some life event in our lives, period. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much money you make. And so what happens is there are certain things that we just can't figure out on our own that we need to say, you know what, let me, let me get someone to help me through this. Because what happens is we cope wrong when we try to figure things out. You know, I self-medicated a lot. Um, I dealt with other unhealthy relationships I spent money that I really couldn't afford to spend you know what I'm saying and the self-talk that I gave myself was just critical you know what I'm saying and so all of that was not helping me move forward and so that's why sometimes you have to say you know what I need help like I can't figure this out and that doesn't make me weak it makes me strong to know that I need someone else to do what I'm unable to do by myself right and I can promise you when you do that You'll save yourself a lot of headache, a lot of time. You know, you won't cope in a way that you'll regret, you know, things like that. And I I see it so often because I get the DMs all the time or the emails all the time. Yeah. 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 So as a mom, as a parent, (laughs) Mm -hmm. having to parent after divorce, uh, maybe people are listening and and I I agree. You got to put yourself first. I'm not, I mean, I don't mean don't take care of your kids. Of course um, not. Yeah. But we've already talked about healing as an yeah. individual, but how how do you go about being able to parent with somebody that you've been through that with? Um because that can be difficult. I know for me, uh one of my baby daddies, I I can't. He just does not he doesn't know how to parent in a healthy manner. I just kind of like do it on my own. But the other one, the one I was talking about that it was abusive relationship, that was something that in the beginning was very difficult, um, but we've had to learn. And I'd love for you to share, like, what are your tips? What is your advice to people who are having to parent, co-parent after a divorce? Um, that's a great question. That really is. And one thing I'm going to say is that every co-parenting situation is different and everyone cannot co-parent. Um, unfortunately they can't because that depends on the, the people, the both, both of the parents. Um, you may have one parent that just really is giving it more, giving you more of a challenge, um, than what is needed. Mm-hmm. which makes co-parenting difficult. So that's when you have to know that I need a parallel parent. And parallel parent means that, you know, um, you still communicate, but you may not, um, you may use things like a co-parenting app. You, you may have everything documented through the court, which I think is not a bad idea depending right. on your situation. Um, and you're keeping it as, professional as possible when it comes to it and that's okay like I know and that is what's best for the child in some cases they they need to understand that when it comes to conflict conflict resolution and being unable to get along with somebody what are the boundaries of dealing with this person and this is what I always tell people you are in full control of only what you do Mm. you can't make someone do or not do I mean, you just can't. You can only do what's in your power. Um, I'm going to be honest and say that I don't Mm co-parent. It's not because I don't want to. It's just because it's what it is. I cannot force anyone to co-parent. Is he inactive? No. But we just don't co-parent. Everything is very brief and to the point. 
Um, if we have to text, we do. My children now are at an age where they can communicate on their own. Yeah. And I let them do that. They have their own phones. They're able to call them. They don't have to come. He doesn't have to come through me. And it works. Is, would I like it to be a better environment or a better situation? Of course I do. However, that's just not what it is. And I can't focus on what I wish it was. I have to focus right. on what it is and act accordingly. Um, you have to know your ex well enough to know how to handle them. Because mm -hmm. some people will use the kids as manipulation, yep. a form of control to keep you, I would say, maybe upset. Mm -hmm. um, and this is where you have to set healthy boundaries. Just because you guys have kids does not mean boundaries don't need to be in place. At, right. at, again, you, set, you have to protect your peace. Mm -hmm. When you are a parent and you're working every day, you're taking care of the kids and what they need. The last thing you need is for someone to keep attempting to make your life unpeaceful right. and so this is where you have to set up boundaries and you have to stay with those boundaries it's one of those things where you can never go against them mm -hmm. because I, I i hate to say this but it's true when people show you who, you who they are believe them can people change of course but at the but i can't go off the potential of you changing i have to go off what you're showing me and I have to act accordingly, okay? Meaning that if you're going to get the kids at 8 a.m., you need to get them at 8 a.m. This is the rule. This is the policy. I have to be as strict with you because if I don't, then I already know where it's going to take me. Right. Okay? And, and I think that's really important for people to understand. You have to know the person that you're dealing with. Some people can get along great. I mean, they are like the best of friends when it comes to co-parenting, and I'm for it. But then you also have situations where it's just not that easy. And when it's not that easy, you need to set up a system. Mm -hmm. and say, you know what, I already know how they are. I know they're going to give me a hard time. So let me already prepare myself for it because I already know where it's going to go. If they want to call and argue with you, hang get up. off the phone. <laughs> like, why are you arguing? Like, that's the power that you hold, okay? Because, again, when people know how to get you, they're going to keep doing it. And so right. you have to bark back, but not in a way to give them exactly what they are expecting from you. You have to give them something they never prepared for. However, the only way you can really do that is when you do your own inner work. Yeah. That's what I realized too, Megan. I had to do my own work. So I didn't give them exactly what I always did. I had to say, you know what? I'm not going to do this. Um, I'll talk to you later. I got to go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If, if they want to talk, if they want to have a conversation about the kids, email you, co-parenting app, whatever it is, you don't have to actually talk to them over the phone. Mm -hmm. you, you, you don't owe them that. Because that's just not where you are. And it's okay to let them know, listen, if we're going to talk every time, if this is going to escalate into an argument, I will no longer talk to you. If you want to communicate with me about our kids and make it about the kids, do not make it about your marriage and what happened and what they could have done. Do not go there. Keep it only and only about the kids. When they want to go about, yeah, I miss you. You know what? I got to go. <laughs> I mean, for real, just no, it, I know. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? Because people know, because they know what to do. They know how to get you. They know what makes you tick. And so you have to be 10 steps ahead. You can't, yeah. you, you, you can't, you, you have to play the game in a strategic way, not to, you know, and when I say play the game, this is about you living the best life you possibly can live and understanding, right. you know what, this is the kind of parent he is or she is right now, let me do what is necessary for our children. 
if they want to talk about the marriage and what went wrong, don't entertain that stuff. Let it go. Like, get off the phone as quick as possible because once they get you to start arguing back, they take your energy, they take your power, you get distracted, you get off the phone, you're agitated, you're aggravated, and you're mad. Mm-hmm. And it ruins your whole day. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total oh. sense. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, hey, man, uh, you have to set those boundaries. I remember um, a couple years into my marriage, my middle daughter's father had called me and he was so angry and he was screaming at me, started cussing me out. And I said, listen, until you can talk to me respectfully, do not yeah. call me. Next time you call me and start screaming at me, I'm going to hang up on you right now. I mean, I hung up on him then. I said, goodbye. You can call me when you calm down and you want to be respectful when you got to set those boundaries and not only set those boundaries, but actually follow through. Follow through, girl. Yes. Okay. Because I'm telling you, that's it. You have to make the boundary. You have to live in the boundary. That's the, that's the key because when people don't know how to set boundaries, that is not an easy thing. So you have to make a conscious choice and conscious means, okay, I can't do, I can't be on autopilot about this. I have to build a new muscle. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things where you may have to intentionally stop and pause and say, you know what? I know where this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Already be prepared and already know how to set the tone because I'm telling you, it's going to happen, especially if that's always been the dynamic. And so right. this is when you have to consciously choose and know that that's your power to do. And the more you build that muscle, the more you create a new normal and probably the more they get on board. Right. And when that happens, maybe co-parenting will be something you guys eventually can really do. But one person has to make the shift. And what that means is that you need to do what's in your power. Don't worry about what they're not doing. Like that is a conversation that is going to waste your energy all the Mm -hmm. time. And this is when you have to say, you know what, even though they're doing this, what can I do? Yeah. And that's, that's your power. People have to make a conscious decision to change their behavior. And if they don't, it's just going to keep going over and over and over again. I mean, I talked about how I don't have a relationship with my parents anymore because of that very thing. We'd be good for a little while. We'll be all right. Everything's great. They're doing good. And then before you know it, that toxic behavior starts right back up because they have not done the work. And I feel like in a relationship, like I said, one of my exes has healed, he's remarried, he's sober. We can actually have conversations now without like becoming a screaming match or you did this and I did this, like, because we both have worked on ourselves. Well, my oldest daughter's father is the same exact person he was when I met him as a teenager, not changed, hangs out with the same people, the same person. There's no, been no change. And you would like to think in our, our daughter's 17 and 17 years, he would have grown, he would have healed, he would have, you know, changed his behavior. No. And you know what? That's sometimes you just got to accept that about the person and be like, that realistically, this is how I can handle him. Like with her father, my 17 year old's father, I just know he's never going to really be a parent. 
like just never really going to be a parent doesn't know how to parent doesn't really have an interest in being a parent unless it makes them look good uh he'll tell people oh, yeah i have a daughter i talk to her all the time I'm like no bitch you do not stop <laughs> like stop 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 pretending like there's you know you're involved here um but i'm realistic about it in the beginning i tried to change it i would bring her all the time to see him. I would do all these things. And you know what? That just expended all my energy trying to change him into something he wasn't. That now, 17 years later, I'm just like, he reached out to me. She posted a, a video on Facebook. She's 17. She's being all flirty in the video. Nope, not showing any body parts she shouldn't. Just being flirty, 17 year old. He messaged me and goes, that's inappropriate. She needs to take it down. I said, you need to back off. <laughs> like. Mm -hmm. you because you can't just hop in and decide to be a parent when you want to be like you want to be a parent I'm yeah. I'm the one that's had to parent for 17 years and then his girlfriend who's been with him for like a year and a half I don't want to step on any toes but I'm like listen up <laughs> like I'm gonna be real nice here but it's none of your damn business like right. um because we have to be realistic and we have to set those boundaries and if I was just like oh yeah I will I'll make her take it down because you're you know you are a parent and you should be able then that would just allow that every time he felt that he should hop in there and criticize my parenting that he do it and we aren't there like that ship has sailed like, and you gotta, you gotta set those boundaries. You gotta be realistic about the kind of parent they can be. And maybe they're not one at all. Like, you yeah, know. And then not to mention that they have their own, I would say, wounds mm -hmm. that isn't even about the child. Unfortunately, the child just feels like, well, what did I do to not have them want to show up when it's actually not even about you? you know, and, but unfortunately the kids do feel some type of way. Um, but a lot of that comes from their own, their own inner work that they haven't done right. or failed to look within and say, you know what, I'm doing exactly what I didn't want done. You yeah. know, we only, we're Christians a habit. We really repeat a lot of what we've been exposed to. Yeah. It takes a yeah. lot of work not to. It really it do does. It does. It, it does because we're on autopilot a lot of the time. We're subconsciously doing stuff. This is why I always tell people now we have to we have to make conscious choices, and that takes a lot more energy and effort. But once we start making those choices, that becomes more habitual for us to do. And this is how we start, you know, killing the old ways. And it takes strategy. It takes help. It takes work. It takes time. It takes patience, and it takes celebrating the small wins. Like I always tell people, like just if you didn't cuss your ex out that day. That is a win. a win. Like, I'm not trying to be funny, yeah. but no, that it's may, true. Yeah, that may be your win for the moment. Like, that was mine for a while. Like, you know, I didn't cuss them out. Like, that's good. Because, mm -hmm. you know, again, I was back, back then, I was very petty and I wanted you to hurt. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I hate to say that now, but that, that, that was where I was because I was in my own hurt. But as I got better, I mean, that's no longer my win. My wins are other things now, but celebrate the progress along the way. Right. For me, I celebrated the fact that I handled that 
that whole conversation with him and his girlfriend without telling them to f off <laughs> yeah that's because, a, yeah like that that is very tempting you, you know <laughs> in is. 17 years and you've maybe seen our daughter like I and mean, we used to live up where they live and he would yeah. tell people after i moved oh i don't see my daughter because they moved i'm like bitch we live 15 minutes from you and you saw her maybe once a year so don't even play that with me um, so now like 17 years later, it's real, real tempting for me to be like, you aren't a parent. Like you don't know how to parent. Don't tell me how to parent. But instead I'm just like, back off. I got enough on my plate right now. Like, I don't need you adding to it. We're in the middle of a pandemic and you want to, you want to criticize my parenting over our daughter posting a video of her being a cute, flirty teenager. We had her as a teenager. Let's be thankful. This chick is not pregnant. <laughs> Yeah. But I didn't say any of that. I just said, please back off. I have enough on my plate. And I was like, and his, by the way, his girlfriend, I never talked to, I never met in my life wants to come up and I could have told her to F off too. Didn't. And I'm like, that shows growth and we have to celebrate our growth the way you're, you know, you're saying you got to celebrate those little wins. You got to look and be like, man, old me would have flipped out and said some wicked shit that they, they she shouldn't have but look at me look at where i am i'm an adult now <laughs> yeah i mean th that's what you have to do you have to celebrate the wins i'm an advocate for that yeah, yeah. well as we wrap up the podcast today because the time goes by so fast <laughs> What would you like to leave the inspired women audience with? It could be about something we talked about, or maybe we haven't talked about it. it just something that you would like them to know to wrap this up. Ooh, yeah. One thing that I definitely want to say to the women um, is to, and regardless if you're going through a divorce or not, I mean, whatever, right? practice self-love mm. um i know that's it sounds so cute it's you know so hard. <laughs> it's one of the most toughest things to do it's a tough journey um it's it's not what you actually may even think it is um mm. you you get on social media and people tell you to love yourself and you might go out of town and get the manis and the petties and you may even be in a relationship you may have the job of your dreams um, but have you practiced self-love? It's a discipline. I mean, it's, it's about setting boundaries, like we talked about, being able to say no, but also being able to say yes, okay? Understanding that how you are created is fine. Like, accept that person and embrace that person. Don't just be like, well, I don't, I don't have what they have. You don't, and you don't supposed to. Right. Okay. You supposed to have exactly what you have, but it's up to you to tap into that and unleash it. Um, be able to stop saying what I wish if only and just do it. Mm -hmm. That's self-love. You know, self-love is realizing that with or without a relationship, I'm still worthy. You know, it's, it's just a lot more deeper than what the external is. Uh, Self-love is an internal thing. And I just want to really encourage, you know, that woman who's always self-critical, always talking down on herself, always saying what she doesn't have, always believing that she's not enough. You really are. 
you know, and it starts with you. I always tell people um, the best relationship or the most important relationship is the one that you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just real. Um, and I just want to encourage that woman who's listening to, to start that journey. And it's not too late. I don't care what you've done or what has happened to you. None of that is important for you to start loving yourself. You, you take what you've been through, you take those lessons and you apply them to your life and you start that journey of evolving because it's a, it's always a journey. It's never a destination. And so I just wanted to leave that because I think we lack, we lack a lot of self-love right. in this world. And that requires mm-hmm. healing. Like we talked about, I mean, it is. It's hard to look back on your past and go, whoa, look at that shit show <laughs> that I was. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I'm se- like, seriously, I, but, I'm, but I'm not ashamed of that woman either. Right. I, I used to be, but I'm not. I mean, that was a part of my journey, and it allows women to connect with me. Like, you know what, you too? Like, we, wanna, we never want to yeah. feel like we're the only person who may have that, those seasons. Because, again, we live in a very judgmental world um where people are so quick to judge but you you don't know people's story Mm -hmm. you know you don't know what got them there you don't know what they've been told and um what I realized is that I I'm glad for what has occurred um do I wish some things could have been different I do but I don't live in a place of regret about it I just it's just what it is, but I've, I've learned that, you know what, this, this was a part of my journey and I just use it um, to tell other women like, yeah, I did it too, girl. Yeah. You <laughs> like, can't go you back and change it at this point. You might as well embrace it. You might as well just tell it. Um, we all have something that we're not proud of. Right. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.